Welcome to AI Nerd, AI with Attitude. Today, I'm going to give just a bit of attitude to Jason Zalmani, the CEO and founder of KanoAI.com. Jason, how are you doing today? Ah, oh, cold. How are you doing? Hey, uh, Gabalucci <laughs> Fungaloni, I'm fine. Yeah, you know. Uh, so, uh, did, were, you, uh, were you hitting the gym there? Oh, actually, let me ask you this differently. Do you know where the gym is? Could you show me? <laughs> <laughs> is there we got a gym right there somewhere in that right, area sure. of the house you go across it's over it's over there you know yeah you gotta you know that. gotta stay fit gotta stay fit during covid what are you gonna do it's a great you know, way um, i'll tell you what i'm gonna do is is gain 20 pounds last year that's what i'm gonna do <laughs> that's why i have I'm a beer kinda, we uh funny enough my wife and i actually when we first started dating we kind of made this like unofficial clause that if either of us loses like our bodies, then we're going to call it quits. So I've got to stay in shape. Got to stay in shape for, uh, for the missus. So, you know, I get that. Um, <laughs> also, you know, and if you got out of shape and you lost a missus, therefore your chances of refining a new missus significantly drop. Exactly right. <laughs> um, uh, so, Hey, so you're an intelligent automation expert. Your, yep. your company is, is a, a bunch of intelligent automation experts. We're both in the same field. Uh, you're catching up the other day. Uh, I know you bet maybe take a few minutes. Talk about you uh, and sure. your journey and, and what you guys are doing over there at your company. Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate that. Yeah, no. So, you know, from my perspective, you know, coming up in the space, I was with Blue Prism really early on, right? And, you know, one of the big RPA vendors. And that introduced me to a lot of um, the market, honestly. I mean, I was with Blue Prism. I was like their number seven solutions engineer uh, in the States really tasked with with creating a lot of stuff in in that area and i got to see how the area was really developing um not just the rpa side but just automation in general um and because of that because of that exposure and because of that you know introduction into not just like your standard rpa stuff but like what are these vendors creating to augment and to create this whole automation sphere um it really led to not only my understanding but a lot of great contacts and those great contacts, those great networks really led to where I am today with Kano AI um, and really have kind of accelerated the what can we do for clients? So it's like, hey, we want to we want to get some stuff done. We don't know how to do it. Well, I've got a team of people that have done this for years that really understand what's going on. And more importantly, we're like yourself, a bunch of nerds like our you know, day in and day out is like, there's some new tech. Let's go try it out. Oh, Microsoft just created something new. Let's see what it's like. Oh, there's another vendor with APIs available. Like, how can we start to play with stuff and really bring things together? And that's been great for us because, you know, when a client comes to us with a problem, not only can we help them solve the problem, but we can kind of present the best of what's out there for their needs, which I think is really valuable. So yeah. it's been, it's been fantastic. It's been a wonderful, you know, about a year and a half now. And, you know, even though, COVID happened and it was <laughs> some crazy times. Um, it's been a great, it's been a great journey. So I'm really excited to be, um, you know, to be able to do this and continue with what I'm doing. So you started the business, uh, you know, and then you know, proving successful through COVID is very impressive. So congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, talk about getting your first client, you know, and, and the move, like the switch, because that to me sounds the scariest piece of, you know, honey, I'm going to yeah. be a blogger, right? Like, uh, <laughs> I don't have any clients. No, no, I won't monetize. No. So talk to me about like, you know, how you got your first client. Did you have it lined up sure. at the time, what you did for them and how you grew? I think maybe we'll yeah. do that because as we talk about intelligent automation, 
as a you know as a as a market and other things. I think it's really important to understand why you went on your own and why yeah. you felt the need that you could go do it. So yeah, absolutely. So from our perspective, and because of my role at Blue Prism, I was I was initially tasked with building out part of the whole partner strategy. So working with the SIs, Accenture, Avenant, Deloitte, KPMG, right? And even then some of the small boutiques and because of my working with them, I started to understand kind of how they function. And by working with their clients, I started to see what works and what doesn't work. So I already started to gain an understanding of what is, what's, what's needed in the SI space, right? In the services space. And then from my experiences, from my relationships, we just happened to have um, a mutual contact at a large tax and audit firm who had a, another services vendor in there, wasn't super happy with the services they were being provided. And because of our mutual connection and you know this, this, uh, uh, this guy who was running the automation program there really believed in our kind of value of, hey, do good work without all the extra nonsense, right? Just be honest, good people. That led to our first contract. And that's actually stemmed to yesterday having a discussion with the same client to um, potentially be like their exclusive delivery arm for all their external services, which has been, you know, fantastic. So from first client to like, you know, what the hell are we going to do? How are we going to do it all the way to, Hey, you know, we love what you guys have been doing. Let's continue this relationship. Let's start to make things more concrete. It's been fantastic. And part of the struggle, I mean, my wife has a background in finance. I don't. So like my initial thought was, Hey, get some people on my payroll, pay them like 90% of our contracts and just take a small margin because they're doing all the work. And very quickly, she was like, that's, that's not how business runs. If you're going to run your business like that, you're going to be out <laughs> in a month. So, you know, luckily she was, uh, she was there with me the whole time and really guiding me from a financial perspective. Cause I'm a tech guy, finances and business, all that stuff. That's not me at all. Um, so it's been a great journey. Um, and the relationships, the networking that we've had have really led to more and more clients, right? A lot of our clients have been referrals, people that I've known previously. Um, rarely is it like a random cold call situation where we happen to acquire a client. So um, the networking aspect's really been beneficial um, and we've really leveraged that a lot to, uh, to continue to grow. Yeah, that, that's, I mean, that's a fantastic story to find the success. It helps have somebody to help you understand how to run the business as you nerd it out. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, you can't give it away for free. Um, <laughs> you, know, and it, it, you know, I think, how do you define you personally, or how does your organization define intelligent automation? Because it is, uh, there's a lot of different versions of that, right? High yeah. automation versus yep. intelligent versus AI, you know, how do you do it? How do you? Yeah, I mean, we, uh, we really like to just call it automation, like in general, we just give it kind of automation. And then the, yeah, the hyper automation, intelligent automation, intelligent hyper automation, cognitive intelligent hyper automation, right? Like there's all these words from our perspective, it's a client needs to automate a process. How do we get that done? And by integrating different platforms and different technologies, you would get to what like a Gartner would consider a hyper automation, right? So you're integrating RPA with OCR, with IPaaS, with NLP, with chatbots, right? You're doing all these things and that would probably be considered hyper automation. For us, it's a client needs to get this done. How do we automate this for them? And that's led to you know, the understanding of how to do integration with different platforms, what platforms work best, um, and really, like, what do we need to solve a problem? We're not pushing, hey, you guys need to go with this vendor, you guys need to go with this platform. 
our approach is, hey, what's your problem? Like, what are you trying to solve? And then once we understand that, we can work backwards to say, hey, well, this, this vendor does great to solve this part of your problem. And now it becomes kind of, you know, I had this conversation many times. Customers would say, hey, can I solve this with RPA? Can I solve this with RPA? And like, they're almost using like a single technology as like a silver bullet, instead of thinking like, this should be part of your toolkit, right? You've got a bunch of platforms at your disposal already in your organization or that are available. How do you apply those all to solve problems, not to just say, hey, let's apply one tool to every single thing and hope it works. So, yeah. Um, that's, yeah. a great, that's a great point if, if I can, you know, is uh, <laughs> this speaks to the hype. And, <laughs> and how I've seen in the last seven, eight years, especially RPA specifically is one of the technologies found in intelligent automation uh, yep. ecosystem is it is it, it didn't doesn't automate everything. It, I don't think I've ever seen it automate an end to end process ever. Um, <laughs> and, and and so I, I believe your idea of, of of saying it's a toolkit speaks to a business question, which I'd love to get your opinion on. Sure. Is when you're selling this, or do you see a lot of organizations still buying it on that mishype belief, or are you seeing it more of we're okay with fractional benefits like a toolkit would and would imply? I definitely see both. And I'm going to actually say there's two kind of routes on why I see both. The first is customers that are still potentially new, which is, you know, smaller and smaller, right? Like the vendors, the organizations rather that haven't, you know, dove into the whole automation thing, which again, you don't see that often, but there is, there are still some. And then on the other side of that, unfortunately, there are vendors that are still pushing the hype, right? you need to have this amount, this amount of automation capability on day one, instead of saying, Hey, let's piecemeal and let's grow. It's always like, you got to buy a thousand robots day one. And it's like, for what, why, like what organization can do that? <laughs> well, and but th I think that that ship has sailed on because most organizations have done that are now like facing license renewals and yeah. they have, you know, 50 automations and, and they have enough capacity <laughs> for 5,000. Um, yeah. I, I think a big problem with this, and I'll throw my opinion on it, you can agree or, or throw up on it, is the valuations specifically around the kind of the larger RPA specific players are so inflated and have so much yeah. promise um, that they, uh, they have to start charging and making so much more on their license to hit the numbers. Most of them aren't. Yeah hitting it yeah. and it, what it's what it's done i believe is just absolutely stolen a technology away at least from them right now uh, from those from the the middle smb market yeah and I, th I think there's a whole different range of technologies that are incredibly as capable better priced more uh, hungrier to make a deal in that zone i, I just think they're so my, my point is i think the I won't mention their names because they're very good companies but the ones <laughs> that are out there i think a lot of them are overvaluated and now they're yeah. in a really tough spot yeah. I mean, what, what is your take on kind of that state of market? Yeah, I mean, so so before I left with Prism, I was actually, um, I, ha I happened to join the sales org. So I was a solutions engineer, and then I became a, a sales director for them. Um, and, you know, I see this with multiple vendors, right? I'm, uh, not, not Blue Prism uh, specifically, but because of these valuations and because of this hype, like you mentioned, there is a lot more pressure on the sales organization to produce larger and larger numbers, which from my perspective is no longer appealing to the customer as much as it is appealing to, you know, your PE firms and investors that are putting up these huge valuations. So like, how do you 
and it's it's a problem that a lot of organizations face when they get to that you know that level where you're getting one billion, ten billion, thirty billion dollar valuations. It's like you've got to appeal to your shareholders, but like how do you do that without betraying your customers? And I think that's a hard balance, and I think that's a balance that most of the vendors haven't figured it out, figured out yet. And that's leaving a huge space, like you mentioned, for vendors to come out, especially for the SMBs, to say, hey, we don't need you to buy 100 robots day one. We don't care. Like, we're here to work with you to make our platform better, to grow with you. And how can we do that? And I think that's going to be fantastic. I still think there's plenty of space for the huge vendors in regards to 100, 200,000 robot, you know, implementations. But I think it's, it's definitely creating a new potential area for vendors to come in and say, hey, we're not a billion dollar or $10 billion company. We care about you. And hopefully some of these new vendors can come in and continue to focus on the customer needs more than like shareholder needs, yeah. um, which I think actually go, you know, they intertwine. You, you care about your customers, your shareholder is going to be happy. So that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's a, there's a lurking 10,000 pound gorilla, which is Microsoft. Yeah, uh, with their their acquisition recently in Power Automate, and I truly believe that uh, if if they solve the attended versus unattended and they do it really well, yeah. and offering as a checkbox that just builds on to the rest of their suite. Yeah, uh, when when you know you look at the suite, you know yet another platform will be the label for some of these uh, companies uh, for some of the RPA providers. Yep. They can just buy through Microsoft at better scale and get better cloud pricing and everything else just adds up and it works really well. Yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, it's low code, no code, drag, drag your favorite OCR <laughs> engine in and yeah. like, well, I want to automate that. Okay. Well, just watch me do it five times. And it goes, does this automation work? Yep. And I, I really think that's going to really, you know, fundamentally change the startup land of these other companies. I, I, yeah. You're gonna to have to get very good and narrow and deep, and, and I think you're competing with a huge, huge monster of, of Microsoft. So I'm, 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 uh, I'm more, I guess, uh, it's the right word, bullish. Bullish. On, bullish. Yeah. On Microsoft taking over the world here, or taking off a large portion of it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm the same way. I'm very bullish with Microsoft. I'm using Microsoft Power Automate for clients currently. Um, you know, using Flow, or I guess it's now just Power Automate to automate desktop. Um, they definitely have a way to go, especially with their Power Automate desktop solution, their whole RPA solution. It's not quite where it needs to be. And even their flow solution relative to other bypass platforms, I definitely see they have a lot of improvement, but it's Microsoft, right? They've got the funding, they've got the manpower, they can really focus on building out a, uh, a solid, solid solution. And I, while I think there will still be the need for the other vendors, I think Microsoft has a huge advantage with their Azure Cloud, customers can just add on some power automate licenses it's not a huge you know overhaul it's already part of their you know their kind of organizational goal so um I, I see that being a huge advantage and i don't see i mean google just came out with cloud workflows which is eh, in my opinion it's I, I was messing with it a little bit yesterday it's kind of meh uh, aws i know has a solution um i don't see them competing in the same space which is great for microsoft because now they don't have a lot of competition other than the big RPA vendors and some IPaaS vendors, um, but not from like their, you know, the, the IBM, the AWSs and GCPs. Um, but funny enough, they're still approaching it the same way that we just mentioned, which is like, they want customers to go all in, be all Azure, be all Power Automate, which again, is like, I get it, 
but like, you know, let's, let's focus on the customer's problems and solving them and not just focus on making huge sales. Yeah. Well, I think they're, I think that's the path, right? It'll, it'll target enterprise accounts first and you'll get the huge sales, which will help drive the product to be better. And then yeah. it'll be, uh, you know, included on your cloud offering. Because <laughs> you'll use more a, Yeah, just another line item. Exactly. It, it will be. <laughs> and smaller organizations will be able to just, you know, pick and choose a series of templates yeah. in the marketplace. And, you know, I've seen automation anywhere in Blue Prism head that way a bit on the marketplace and the store idea. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's talk about SMB. So I'm a big fan of SMB market uh, yeah. starting to use this, especially for enabling their businesses to scale. Uh, and in this COVID land where they, it's really hard to hire people and now train them. It's like, why don't we just train automation and use it as a service? Yeah. Uh, from your perspective, how, do, how does this SMB start? Yeah. So what's valuable in the SMB space right now, kind of because of what's been going on with the large vendors, um, we're seeing a lot more uh, capability come out and a lot more transparency, which I think is extremely important. If you remember from two, three years ago, um, even now, honestly, with a lot of these vendors, there's no sort of transparent pricing. It's always like, you know, contact us to set up a conversation so we can get you in front of a sales rep and you can go through a whole spiel and get a demo, right? It, it ends up, again, while it's great for a lot of organizations, especially the large ones, these SMBs just want to be able to pick up something and start working with it and see some results. And I'm seeing a lot more of that coming out. Vendors, all, you know, either, even if they're SaaS-based or not, you go on the website, you see the pricing, it's very transparent, what's included, what's not, and you can just simply check it out and now you're ready to go. Um, that's extremely valuable for SMB, right? They don't have the $150,000, $200,000 budgets to get started with an automation program. They just wanna see some quick wins and see what's capable. Um, and even Power Automate, right? While their licensing model is still a little confusing, they've got some weird question marks and stuff in different places. It's an easy thing to pick up. We're working with a client right now. Uh, they're a chemical company and their CIO just went on and started building some stuff in Power Automate because he can just pick it up. He just created an Azure account and now he can start building and he understands the environment enough to be able to build out some automation. So the more capability that's coming out for the better pricing that fits the model for these SMBs, just the more we're going to see you know, capability coming out. And that's extremely exciting, right? We're going to see better vendors, more technology, more capability without the huge price tags that just make it completely out of reach for your SMB. So that's a lot of our focus is how do we enable that same hyper automation for a company that wants to spend, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a year, maybe on like an automation program. And while that doesn't sound like much, you can still reap huge benefits because there's more and more coming out and that's becoming available for them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you start thinking of like, uh, I love the like the invoice processing and all those things that every yeah. company faces. If they could start uh, leveraging a service of just drop your invoices here into a you know folder or yeah. whatever else, and the thing automates as much as you can of it, they're just paying a few pennies per page, and everything else the person picks up. It helps that one person save hours and it helps them get paid faster on the easy ones, and more time can be spent on sorting the ones that don't make sense, and that should be readily available. I've seen that more and more today. Uh, you know, you, you, I go back though. You, you started a business, you had an idea. I'm going to show up. We'll get, we'll travel. It's a services <laughs> business. Apparently, you know, you don't want a really big multiplier when you sell this. You just want a 2X. So, congratulations on your new services business. <laughs> oh, no, I'm joking. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just giving you a bit of crap. Um, the, uh, but how has COVID impacted it? And, and looking forward, 
is it a benefit that it happened in that regard? Uh, not the COVID itself, but the fact that yeah. people are getting used to remote or how do you see, how is the impact and how do you see it, I guess, for tomorrow? Yeah. I mean, COVID definitely created a huge um, kind of pause in everyone. And what happened, I think, was most organizations immediately went to layoffs and uh, spending save, right? So how do we reduce our, our expenses because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what the outcome is going to be, um, which is still continuing. There's still pauses, right? COVID's still going on, obviously. Um, what I think is going to happen is as these companies start to reinvest, right? As things become a little bit more secure, as the vaccine is more widespread, right? As this um, administration starts to settle down and things start to be a little more um, uh, predictable, they're going to start to look more at instead of our old business models, how do we adapt and start to automate a lot more? So I think there's going to be, I think there definitely was a slight surge in automation, you know, this last year in 2020, I think 2021 and 2022 are going to be much more dramatic in the automation space because now companies are starting to get back to normal and normal for them is going to be, how do we automate? How do we digitize this work that we were previously doing? Um, and I don't want to say that in such a way where they're not going to be rehiring people, but I think they're going to be repurposing people, right? Instead of just having a data clerk come in that needs to just sit in front of a computer eight hours a day, what if we repurpose that person for more customer service related activities? So I'm, I'm excited about that. I think that introduces new opportunities and new capabilities for businesses and for, you know, workers, right? For employees. And because everything is low code, no code it really reduces that barrier of like, what do I need to know to be able to do this as part of my daily job? Um, and that's exciting. I mean, I've personally mentored, uh, you know, tens of people, right, in the automation space to make them automation developers. A lot of these people are, you know, trainers, Uber drivers, you know, cops, whatever, right? They're not like your traditional developer. These are people that probably would have never seen themselves in the development space. And now they're running development projects because these new capabilities are all like, you don't need to have a huge programming background. So this surge that I think is gonna come with automation is gonna introduce not only benefit to the organizations, but I personally believe that it's gonna be a benefit to workers out there that can now start to dive into this, this new automation capabilities without having to have any sort of real technical background. So that's, that's exciting to me. Um, and that, that's what I think, um, you know, COVID has for the future. Yeah, I agree. I think the initial drawback of, okay, how, you know, in businesses start to recover, making the assumption, and, and it will get through it until that, that'll happen. But now the, you know, if I'm a CEO, I'm like, you know, I have to make sure that we have process and operations in order. We need a, we need more time to focus on origination of revenue and innovation. And yeah, it's going to push a lot of people over the line on the intelligent automation front beyond RPA, but just leveraging yeah. the you know, intelligent document processing or uses of data, I guess, in, in a way that helps drive better experience, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, I want you to make a prediction. You know, we have a few minutes left together. Make a prediction. <laughs> so you fast forward three years now and it can be a, a prediction about your organization. Yeah. How, you know, are you, uh, are, are you, have you taken the st stride beyond the mom and pop and now you're a full AI shop? Are you going to go an innovation path for as a service or to what's your, uh, you got to make a oh, prediction. Man. If you don't do it, I'm going to hold you to it. So what, what sure. do you think? No. Yeah, no. My prediction in a couple years, 
I mean, the way we're going and my philosophy will and has always been like, what is going to be best for our customers? So even from a growth perspective now, I'm, I'm not trying to put ourselves in a position where we're hyper growing without capability and which would reduce our, you know, uh, performance with these customers, right? So I, I, I'm hoping to grow and I'm hoping to grow in a position where our customers are happy and our employees are happy. I don't want to put my employees in a position where they're just over swamped with work because I've got more work than we can handle. It's, it's a balance that I need to figure out. And part of that is us growing our pipeline of talent, growing our pipeline of potential customers and making sure that we're not doing either one too quickly to outgrow the other. In a couple of years, um, maybe out of the mom and pop shop. Um, you know, the way things are going today, um, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. There's been a lot of great um, stuff that's happened again, even last year with, with COVID going on, which is, which is great to think about, you know, getting through a tough time. I, I imagine what it would have been like if times were normal. Um, but, you know, in a couple of years, I see us, um, I, yeah, I don't know maybe getting into the software space. I mean, we've done a lot of great work and we've had a lot of great ideas. I could even see us, you know, developing solutions that tie into what we've been doing and help customers, you know, not just from a services side, but a software that we can provide for them. So, um, you know, that, that's definitely an aspiration is getting on the software side. It's definitely an aspiration getting to the 10X side of, uh, of potential sale. No, I'm kidding. But no, really, I mean, honestly, oh, like you are, you really want to go to the 10X. <laughs> thinking of, thinking of what we can do to better care for our customers and better care for like our employees, which is like our family, um, is definitely, uh, my goal. So whatever that takes us in a couple of years, you know, just go with the flow, um, and see where things go. Yeah. I hope I hope you can uh, you can one day get a, a real gym membership. <laughs> one uh, day, <laughs> central central air and heating as well. Uh, as, I, as I as I mess with you a little on your on your background, <laughs> you can, no, it's all fake, man. It's just like you know, custom. <laughs> this is just a background. This is uh, I thought this was a cool background. I mean, you got yeah. about I'm looking at the look at your weights, uh, 18, 20 pounds there. So don't don't hurt yourself. <laughs> but, uh, Hey, thank you so much, by the way, for the time today. Uh, I wish you the best of luck. We'll catch up, you know, again soon. Yeah, absolutely. As, uh, maybe as you get a good use case uh, uh, that was unique, I'd love to hear more about your journey and, and how sure. you've grown. Uh, I appreciate your perspective on the intelligent automation and market and, and such too, but I really appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate the time.